Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, and welcome back to the Amateur Otaku Podcast. I hope everyone is having an awesome December. Finally, 2020 is almost over, um, and we have a fresh new year ahead of us. But even though the year's not over, even though the year's not over, we still have great anime to cover and talk about, and that's what we're here to do today in the Amateur Talker Podcast. How is everybody doing out there? I am Brandon Alvarado, the Scarlet fan here, and I'm really happy to be here. And as usual, I am accompanied by the one, the only, the mad bass player, drummer, etc., harmoniker. Isaac Wolf. What's up, man? Seferos. Really? You, you, you had to do that. There was no other thing that you could have said. You had to do Sephiroth. Yep. You know Why what? Not? You know what? I actually blame myself. I shouldn't be surprised. And for some reason, I found myself surprised, even though I shouldn't be. Shame on me, huh? Just that one context. Nintendo just added Sephiroth, the big bad, in Final Fantasy VII in their insane roster for a game called Super Smash Bros. I mean, uh, uh, would you imagine believing uh, if someone told you Ryu, Ken, Cloud, uh, Sephiroth, Mega Man, Pac-Man, Snake from Metal Gear, uh, Simon and Richard uh, Belmont was all in the same game. That actually sounds pretty nuts. And, <laughs> and, and interestingly enough, I, I know I know you hate that game. Like that is the worst game you've ever played. Um, you hate Super Smash Brothers so much that you yeah. won multiple tournaments. <laughs> So, so yeah. I know I know that, that that Smash is a Super Smash Brothers plays a big role. Now, you your words when that whenever that was announced, and I know this is not anime related, but you brought it up, so I'm gonna go right into that rabbit hole. Um, whenever it was announced that Sephiroth will be joining the roster, the only thing that I remember that I saw was you going, I beep, called it. Yeah, yeah. So what? Also, the uh, those uh, the tournaments I was part of it wasn't the, uh, that big, so I wouldn't uh, call it that. But uh, yeah, I, I call. I think you want you won cold hard cash yeah, but, but... for playing yeah, Super yeah. Smash Brothers. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. It wasn't uh, much, so much. <laughs> okay. But um, but yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty. Uh, awesome. If you wonder what I said, I I called it. It's because I have predicted him since 2018, and people called me crazy and said that I, either Gino or Sora was the only one that was gonna happen if there was uh, if there was ever gonna be a a character uh, from Square Enix uh, besides Hero. And lo and behold, who? Oh, we're right. Boom, shakalaka. 
What's up, our brother, our good friend, Leah Rydell? What is up, man? Thank you for joining us. Um, <laughs> it looks like Leo shares his excitement with us about Sephiroth joining the fray. So that's pretty awesome. My uh, now, sister, it's funny. Uh, my sister wasn't awake when the Game Awards uh, had started. And it, Sephiroth was her most wanted and only wanted character. So I wanted us to surprise her and all that, yes. So that's awesome. So it's, you, and, you know, it's and uh, lo and behold, what happened? Well, uh, I managed to st- kick off the kick off the trailer without her noticing it, the trailer name because it's called One Wind Angel, and he she would. Uh, Realize yep. it, yeah. It immediately, yeah. Who it was, and uh, as soon as uh, he got revealed, she shouted uh, like uh, a schoolgirl on a Justin Bieber cost, uh, concert. The fact that I understand the reference makes me hate myself just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, out of all the characters to have to close out the first fighter's pass for that game, um, Sephiroth is a big, big addition. No, 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 There is more to come. No, right, but but this is the first fighter's pass. Like, this closes out the first round, right? No? No. This is a... uh, There was uh, five uh, characters before. Uh, Joker from... Five hero from uh, Dragon's Quest, Daniel Kasui, Terry from uh, uh, King of uh, Fighters, and Violet from Fire Emblem Three Houses. And now, um, afterwards, we have gotten prior to Sephiroth, we have gotten uh, Min Min from Arms and uh, freaking Steve from Minecraft. Oh, and Sephiroth. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it looks like this is going to be the never ending roster. <laughs> Uh, like, like, like I said, it's just insane. <laughs> That's what it looks like. That's what it sounds like. Um, now, I, I haven't played Smash in like the longest time. Um, but it's kind of it's kind of tragic, funny, hilarious, but tragic at the same time. That your sister. Um, which I know is a lot younger than you, and a, and a lot younger than our friend Brett, is she's, able to uh, see. Go ahead. She's uh, she's born ninety nine, so she's able to see the character that she wanted, and Brett is still waiting on Gino. Like it's, it's, it's he, he wanted uh, he wanted Banika Sui also. Yeah, but you know, like Gino's been like the OG, like that's like the one that everybody wants it from, like the first one or whatever. E- and even me, that's not a huge follower of Banjo of the Super Smash Brothers, knows how many people, you know. So, but hey, everybody's made happy in different ways. Um, I'm assuming that the the general populace that plays this game is really happy. That Sephiroth is in it now, right? Yeah, 
I mean, it's I mean, he's one of the biggest, uh, most iconic villains of all time. So, and that's pretty cool because Sephiroth is one of those characters that transcends not just not just Final Fantasy villains, but transcends gaming. Like so many people that know nothing of Final Fantasy either know who Cloud or Sephiroth is, which tells you like how big of a deal Final Fantasy VII is, which is so phenomenal. Those are the kind of things that make me go, uh, I played that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you, and you get a Switch, we can uh, do some uh, Terry versus uh, Sephiroth matches soon. Mm, that is so tempting. Who knows? Maybe I'll... Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll, uh, I'll, I'll decide to make some very bad decisions during Christmas. Let's see. We, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> but Isaac, we are here to talk anime, which is what we do whenever we get together at the Amateur Otaku. So I'm really happy that we're able to do this after a nice hiatus. Um, which uh, is not my fault. I, nobody was pointing fingers. Everybody knows it's my fault that my life is chaos. Like, it's funny. You're the one that lives in an anime, but my life is actual chaos. So I don't understand how life works anymore. But the good thing is that I finally updated our, our site at YouTube. So YouTube now has all the sh- – it's up to date with all the, sh- all the different episodes that we've done. I recently uploaded to our YouTube channel our, our Bleach episode on the Bleach manga. I updated it with our Halloween special. So it has our episode of Tokyo Ghoul, and it has an episode on Vampire Hunter D. And I actually divided that into two different episodes, so you can definitely watch the video for Vampire Hunter D without having to watch the Tokyo Ghoul episode. So you can enjoy them individually. And also, I've updated all that to our podcast network, and people are already – I love the fact that we put – episodes out there and people are responding and listening to the show and and really enjoying it and i recently saw our 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 spotify wrapped thing which pretty much spotify what they do is they give you like the statistics of how your show is doing isaac we've done 26 episodes as of now of 2020 that's six more episodes than last year and we still do and how many could have been if it wasn't for your hiatus? Okay, see, that's 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 a little mean, but I get it. I get it. I accept it. I'm a better man for it. <laughs> but there's so much more, and there's so much more that we're doing, and I'm glad that we're finally here today to talk more awesome anime. And Isaac, we picked a very interesting show today. Um, we were talking about what show we should cover to come back. And um, apart from the fact that we have some episodes and some shows that we're going to be doing in the future, and we're going to anna- we're going to announce some of the shows that we're going to cover very in the near future, um, we were having this conversation earlier this week or last week about what we should cover for our next episode of the Amateur Taku, and there was like a no brainer choice, and it's a no brainer because of the talent behind the show. And I'm really happy that we decided to do this show because once I saw it, uh, it's one of those shows that's very simple, but is super charming, and 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 the and being in that world is super enjoyable because it's one of those shows that's like 
deliberately innocent. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it, it's one of those shows that's very sincere, very, very, very real in, in some parts. Um, and of course, it has to do with one of our favorite topics, and that is music. And that show is none other than Carol and Tuesday, which is a show which, uh, we should, which we should have uh, covered on the Wednesday. Uh, you did not just do that. You did not just say that we should have covered. You know what? I'm not going to fight with you. I'm not here to fight with you, Isaac. Um, it's either for some reason now. I just want to go and sing like the Solomon Grundy um, thing that they have, like "Born on a Tuesday, Torture on a Monday, Died on a Sunday," or whatever the Solomon Grundy thing is. Like now, I want to like sing the. Okay, I I'm horrible. So yes, Carolyn Tuesday. Um, I have a brief synopsis of the show, um, and I think we should kick off and start that conversation. You ready? And it should be point out that we are only doing the first season and not then both of them that's currently available. Right. We're only doing part one, um, but mostly because, of course, we, we didn't have enough time to do the whole thing. But we're also going to go ahead. And also it gives us enough information to talk about it without too much spoilers, but also talk about it like we always like to talk anime because the goal of the show is to talk about what makes a show work and and what are the gears that move the show so that way you can find out as you hear this is a show that you might want to catch might want to check out if it's something that's right up your alley so um that's the way we like to cover we try to do this leader spoilers as we can just because we want to pique your interest to go watch the show for yourself so let's start a conversation on current on tuesday um if you guys have any questions any comments for us Please make sure you put them on the link in the description, um, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're on Periscope or on YouTube. Send us a comment down below. Let us know what you think. If you have any questions, if you've seen the show, let us know what you think. We'll give you a shout out. And if it's a topic, we'll make sure to cover the topic or the question at the end of the discussion because we definitely want to have this conversation with you guys, which is why we do this at the Amateur Talk Group. So without further ado, here is a brief synopsis of Carol and Tuesday. Carol and Tuesday follows the friendship of two teenage girls whose lives are brought together by music and circumstance. As their hearts connect through the notes that each play from the heart, a world ruled by AI composers and media conglomerates are reminded that you can never underestimate the power of music inspired by life and played from the heart. This is Carol and Tuesday, the Netflix original anime series directed by the legendary Shinichiro Watanabe and produced by Studio Bones. Now, let's 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 right from the bat, before we go into the show, we, we, we have to talk about the fact that this show was created and developed by Shinichiro Watanabe. Never Isaac. Heard of that guy. <laughs> you know what's funny? I was about to tell you to tell people who he is, and then you say that. Why do you have to ruin my perfect segue? I mean, that's what you're here for. And <laughs> so, okay. So, Isaac, tell people who's Shimichiro Watanabe? Who is this guy? Didn't I just say that I don't know who that is? 
Shouldn't you tell him who that atheist then? You're going to make me say it. You, are you going to make me talk throughout the whole episode? Is that what you're going to do? Eh, not uh, the entire. But like, uh, well, apparently, apparently Leo likes me being tortured. Well, thank you, Leo. That's uh, very fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so Isaac, I'll, I'll just talk for the rest of the show. You don't have to say anything. So, so yeah, so Shirishino Watanabe is none other than the creator of Space Dandy, which is a big, hilarious adult space comedy anime. But more than anything, he is the creator of the groundbreaking Cowboy Bebop from 1998 um, that was developed by Studio Sunrise. He also did the amazing samurai hip-hop fusion anime, Samurai Champloo. Um, and he's done other projects, and he is considered a legend in the anime community, especially in the way that his shows blend many different genres and employs the use of music um, to accentuate scenes, to accentuate drama, or also as very active story mechanics. And it's very beautiful because you can see a lot of the things that he employs throughout throughout um, Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo with the music, it really is placed front and center in Carol and Tuesday. And it's funny, and if, if it wasn't because of how music heavy Carol and Tuesday is, part of me would have been like, why is he doing this? Why is he really like, why is he spending time and developing this type of show like, this kind of show is not his cup of tea. You know what I mean? Like, that's the, that's what my mind thinks about. But then when you see how he intertwines the, the music that's played and how it informs the arcs of the characters, you cannot deny that this is like Spike Lee. If you've seen a Spike Lee movie, every Spike Lee is not a every Spike Lee movie is not a Spike Lee film. It's a Spike Lee joint um so this is definitely a watanabe joint it is something that you can see his artistry throughout and i was really happy that that he did something just different um and still this magical and his simplicity because most of the shows that he does tend to have this deeper meaning or context and this one is a little bit more i don't want to say superficial but a lot more simple but it doesn't lack heart and it doesn't like inspiration. And I think that's what makes the show work so well. And him working with Netflix, which is which is becoming a very a very decent anime titan in and of its own with a lot of the original anime that it's putting out there. Um, we recently covered BNA. Um, we covered the Bleach movie that was distributed through Netflix. Um, we've done a, we, we're gonna keep doing a lot more of Netflix stuff. Um, so this show is is phenomenal. Now, were you surprised? I was. I did not know, Isaac, that this show was done by Studio Bones. First of all, that explanation and it took way faster than I expected. I thought it, we were we were gonna end up being here the whole day. Second well, of all, I'm trying to be considerate, especially when you just told me that you didn't want to talk. <laughs> I, I didn't say that I didn't want to talk. I, I just felt that you should uh, the, 
you should have uh, done the confirmation since you that wanted to point that out. You just want me to do the heavy lifting, aren't you? Nah, yes, but <laughs> so you were saying. But, and studio bones, I don't see what's surprising about that part. If I'm being honest. Well, I mean, well, the thing is, is this is the fact that Studio Bones is one of the more important studios right now. So yeah, I, I didn't, know. I didn't know that they worked on this. I mean, thinking that it was Shinichiro. Have... Go ahead. You, you made it sound like it was some, it was something like new, uh, new indie studio that had never done some. Mega. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. You're, you're, you're totally right. I made it sound that way. That wasn't my intention. I just like, I think, I think to me, it was just a surprise that this kind of project had so, so many, so many heavy hitters behind it. And they all gave their all because the animation of this show is like super unique and super crisp. And I like how it kind of blends CG animation, but also the type of animation that it uses. It kind of feels like you're looking at oil paintings at times. Or is it, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Which, and, you which, say, and you say that uh, they went all in with the uh, um, animation. And they got some big hitters in the dub too, honestly. Yeah, and I mean some, uh, especially one. I mean, you know the DJ that is a bit bizarre. Who plays Erdogan? Because yeah. I only listen. Uh, I only. I only listen. I never listen to Did the dub, so I don't know. Okay, I listen to the dub yes because I uh, uh, could. Uh, just because it would take uh, faster to when uh, going through, but uh, in the dub it's Ray Shays, aka Noctis. What? He's the one that's playing Erdogan. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now you're gonna make me go to Wikipedia because now I need to know who's the rest of the dub thing because if Noctis from Final Fantasy 15 yeah. is yes, playing. Yes, go ahead. Just. Yes, search uh, search Carolyn Tuesday behind a voice actor. That that that's what I'm doing. So I don't know who Jeannie Tirado is. Um, Celine Anna, I have no idea. Gus Goldman, Ryan Bartley, Ray Chase is Ertigan. You know what's funny? Uh, yeah. Eugenie Triado is the uh, voice of female Violet. Uh, okay. And Brianna Knickerbocker, Brianna Knickerbocker uh, is the face of uh, Rem. Uh, Re-Sera, uh, Re in case anyone uh, wonder, why I talk, wonder who I'm talking about. And uh, she's also... I believe she also was a Fire Emblem voice actor. Let's go. Down and see. Yeah, she's also the voice of Sakura. Sakura, we have uh, 
kind of curly who is all of them. And yeah, we have a big hitter. We also have a Shantae from the Shantae games as one of them. Oh, wow. So, okay, so this is a big... See, I'm glad that I'm talking to you about it because since you know those those names, like I know that you're more in tune with the whole dub scene and stuff like that because I know you look... You're, 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 you're a lot more detail-oriented in that environment than I am. I'm... Uh, I'm uh... I'm looking at both directions. I'm not just a sub slash dub only guy. Oh, no, no. I know you're not. I know you're not. So I'm glad that we're having this conversation because I would not. Because that even, I mean, it's funny how now my mind is being blown up even more of how big this show is. Um, because now the scale of the project feels a lot bigger, especially with the names attached to it. And and you can act, and, and and I love because the show is fantastic. I mean, the music, the original music for the show is great. Um, the songs feel that they belong to the characters that are that are singing them, and that's not easy to do. You know what I mean? Like this, literally, this anime literally is an anime musical, right? Um, and I love how the songs feel organic. I love how you feel. A lot of the music develop and grow with the characters as the story progresses. Um, I love the animation. I gotta admit, sometimes when I see the animation, especially when Carol, I'm sorry, especially when Tuesday is playing the guitar, it's it's kind of weird because it uses this fluid animation that you rarely see, like you mostly see like in fight scenes. You know what I mean? Like you rarely yeah. see in like, but I like that they they went that route because they're trying to make it as realistic or or interesting as possible, and I I like the moments that it creates. Um, let's talk about the characters. Let's talk about Carol. Let's talk about Tuesday. Um, quick, uh, quick, uh, quick uh, thing before we do. Uh, for anyone that is fa- uh, that is a uh, fan of uh, Noctis and all, all that, but uh, look up Lava, loud, annoying, and very annoying, which is a trio of uh, with Ray Chase is, uh, is together with Robbie Damon and Max Mittelman, voice of Tuxedo Man and uh, One Punch Man. They are uh, sort of like a comedy group, the O's three. But anyhow. Back to business. That's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of awesome stuff in this show. See now, now, now I'm even more excited. Now, for those that do not know, Studio Bones is behind one of the mo- one of the biggest anime shows as of right now, which of course is My Hero Academia. Studio Bones is behind the original Full Metal Alchemist series. Um, is behind Eureka Seven, Soul Eater, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, it's it's the it's the studio behind Space Dandies. It's the studio behind Note White with the red hair. Um, there's so many. We are covering next year. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, studio Bones is 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 huge. It's it's huge, and 
now, like taking the time now. You can you can certainly say that they have a big and functional skeleton. You can help yourself. Nope. <laughs> big fun. Now I won't see. Now I won't be able to go to bed because I'll be thinking about bones and big functional skeleton. <laughs> like why? And the thing is that you do it with a straight face. Yep. Like, like I kind of picked. We picked the perfect avatar for you because all I see is your avatar face, your anime version, just cracking up in my face, and life is perfect. So, <laughs> so, so let's talk about the character. Let's talk about Carol. Let's talk about Tuesday. Um, I like that they're not overly complicated characters. I like that even though they seem to be very different characters, and I think this was by design, which is one of the best decisions that I think they made, is that these are very different characters, right? From the get-go, you can see that they walk different, they dress very differently, they're of different ethnicities and race, um, they, they come from this different parts of the world. Um, but what brings them together is the fact it's music it's music right and and i love how that unity literally symbolizes the symbiotic power and connection that music presents to humanity like you can have the most different people ever but if they if 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 they come together around music, every other thing that could separate them disappears, disappears completely. For me, one of the most powerful scenes in cinema history, it's in the movie The Pianist, which you've seen, correct? With Adrian nope. Brody? Okay. Nope. So, so this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler. So yes. Yes, I should have watched it. You're not the first one that said no, that. No, no, no. But, but I, I'm going to spoil a scene. And I know you don't mind. But here's what happens. So I'm, as more, you... talk, I'm more talking about the listener. We, are, we all know that there is at least one or two person that is going to say, watch that <laughs> movie for help. Yes. Yes. So as, you, as the people that have seen The Pianist, um, this movie takes place in World War II, and it has to do with Wladyslaw Spilman, which was a Polish-Jewish um, pianist that um, survives during World War II, survives a concentration camp, or survives being captured, or not, be, survives without being captured and hiding like in plain sight and stuff like that, thanks to friends and family. And during the last part of the world of the war, before he is saved, um, by allied forces, he literally hides himself in this house. And in this house, there's a piano. And there's this German officer that from time to time goes to the house and plays the piano. Him being a pianist and loving to play music, he never dares to play the piano because he's afraid of being caught. Of course, if he's in the middle of a broken down neighborhood and plays piano, everybody's going to hear that he's playing music and they're going to capture him. 
Now, towards the end of the time that he's hiding here, the German officer that plays the piano finds him and captures him. And But before he drags him away and before he takes him prisoner, he asks them the question, do you play? Which he says, yes. And he literally asked Vladislav Spillman's or Andrew Adrian Brody's character to play the piano for him. And literally playing the piano with the amazing talent that he had was what saved his life. Because the German officer never turned him in and the German officer brought him food over time for the simple reason that they shared a music connection. And, 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 and that's something that's through history and even in, in th music transcends culture, music transcends ethnicity. It transcends any kind of barrier. And I love, and I love how that is symbolized in these two characters and these two girls, you know, um, with very different backgrounds, maybe different backstories. Um, and I like how from the first episode, you are able to appreciate that connection and it's very clear um, from the moment that they start playing together or they start listening to each other's music. Um, and I like how they don't over-sentimentalize music. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like some, like it's not like Food Wars where it's not like music gives people orgasmic explosions. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know how there's some shows that just make things overly dramatic, you know? I like how this show doesn't do that. It gives you enough emotional substance for you to understand the moment and be in the moment. But it doesn't make it, like, overly dramatic like a, like a play or something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it keeps it as grounded as possible. Um, did you find it interesting? I found it interesting. And I don't know, I don't know if, if it's because language wise, it's a lot more international, but did you find it interesting that every song was sung in English? No. I mean, did you catch I that? I didn't, didn't think about that, if I shall be honest. But that, that that to me was a little surprise. Like they didn't do any no song no no songs were recording in Japanese or in or in a different language. Pretty much everything was was sung in English. Which to us, especially when they go like to the American Idol kind of thing, um, they, they 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 tell us that the language that they're speaking is Martian. Because guys, this takes place in Mars, which is, which is, which is super cool. Um, which I'm going to talk a little bit later because I want to hear what you think. Because I know what I think. That was weird. I'm sorry. Of course, I know what I think. Um, <laughs> but um, I find it interesting. I don't know if it was because they thought it would have more appeal or anything like that. Or it would make the songs more accessible. Because one of the things, of course, that you notice at the time, especially if you watch anime as much as you and I do, is that that, that a lot of times the K-pop bands or the or the Japanese pop 
um, bands that record music for anime, a lot of times they mix a lot of English with Japanese lyrics. Like it's very common. Yeah. So, yeah. but these were straight English. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's because they wanted to make the show as accessible as possible, especially when since being that it's on Netflix and English is, is a recognizable language. Blah blah blah. blah. Which I think it it's an interesting, interesting decision. You know what the reason was? What was the reason? They were a fan of Backstreet Boys. Where does that come from? Where did... <laughs> I don't know. I oh my god! <laughs> Are you just trying? To... How does that? <laughs> wow! Because they're fans of Backstreet. <laughs> What am I gonna do with you? <laughs> oh my god! Okay, that's uh, <laughs> wow. Um, uh. Moving along, <laughs> moving <laughs> along. So, so music connection, different races, all that. It's all seen on the two characters. Um, I love how I love. I like how Caroline is the rough around the edges. Um, race in the streets, um, street smart girl. And then you have Tuesday, which is the um, pampered rich girl. But I like how they both have, because they both have these dreams and these aspirations, they're both these very strong and courageous characters. Um, I love how they're far from perfect. I love how they make mistakes and they pay for their mistakes over and over again. With Carol, where, where Carol is constantly being fired because she can't control her temper. <laughs> um, Tuesday taken advantage of because she's too naive, or burning almost burning a guy's house down because she was upset because someone was being a douche. Um, especially what happens. Yeah, with no, yeah, Noctis is a bit, a bit of a douche here. Yeah, and. Uh, I uh, I I like how they feel very real, you know, and that's that's the cool thing about Shinichiro. Like he has that sensitivity of 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 even though, of course, this 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 all takes place in space, or at least we're led to believe that it's in this space or futuristic world because this isn't a world where it's like it's like in the future, like far in the future. Um, with a lot of technological advances. I don't want to say it's cyberpunk because it's very refined. I would say it's more like a futuristic total recall kind of world. It's not like a cyberpunk world like Akira or Megalobox. This is a more refined futurist world um, so, where... Uh, mm -hmm. So it's so it basically the universe where Buzz Lightyear crashed on Mars and uh, colonized it afterwards. Trust me, if Buzz Lightyear colonized this world, it wouldn't look like this. It would be a lot fatter. So, it? <laughs> no, it wouldn't. And there were, and all the buzzes will sound like Chris Evans. Um, so, and here I thought you were uh, talking about uh, Danny DeWitt on here. Wow. Don't bring that weird fawn thing from Hercules. Um, so it takes place in this future world. And um, 
The reason I say that it takes place in space or why space is an idea, even though you really don't go into outer space, is because there is this dialogue. Like there, there is people that come from Earth and they talk about how Mars was colonized and they talk about the, the galaxy and how the real superstars or musicians are known throughout the galaxy. And you meet great musicians and DJs that are known throughout the galaxy. So the idea of how big this world is, is very clear in the show, which leads me to this point, And I want to know what you think, Isaac. I think this, I think this show takes place in the world of Cowboy Bebop. What do you think? Could be. I'm not dismissing that idea, but uh, I'm uh, I'm not gonna say that I'm just uh, I'm hundred percent sure like you are. I'm not hundred percent sure, but you know me, I'm a theorist, and I'm and I'm a, what? I, I, I'm a theorist. theorist. I'm a theorist. I'm not. I'm, I'm not as mad as you are. Because you you go hey. into downward spirals of insanity, and I hey, go into yes, downward spirals. To... Hey, yes, because I want to try and do a Robert. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Robert uh, uh, the bird from Al- Aladdin. Well, what's his uh, Yago? Uh, yeah, Yago. What's his voice actor again? I don't know. Uh, uh, Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. Uh, how do we end up? How do we get to Gilbert Gottfried? <laughs> what is going on? Me being tired because of crazy today, but go on. Oh my god, <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried. This is this this podcast is out of control. Um. Well, here the reason I think that this, apart from Shinichiro Watanabe being the director. Um, because of the sense of scale, because there's a lot of talk about Mars, Earth, galaxy, but also the currency, the name of the currency is very similar to that of Cabo Bebop. Because the currency... So, so, so it occurred that you might have a point. Oh my god. So the currency in Cowboy Bebop is Wulong's. The currency on this word is oolongs, which I think is a miss. Is a you know I think they were trying to go for oolongs, or they didn't use oolongs because they couldn't because Sunrise has the rights. But like it's like a hat towards. It's either it's either a show that kind of like tips off that it could be part of the same universe or it's not. But it makes perfect sense because it has this. It has the. It has the right amount of futuristic and technology mixed society because you know how cowboy bebop it's like technologically advanced but not super not too much that it's like it's like a mixture of the modern world and a lot of technology as opposed to it being completely futuristic does that make sense like it's it's the right mix so this this feels it feels like that and that's why i think that maybe there's a connection there which would be super interesting. I mean, not that we're expecting Carolyn Tuesday to run into Faye Valentine, um, even though that, that would, would be, be an, that would be an interesting remix. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, that was one of those things that kind of like drew my attention. That was super cool. Now, one of the things that that I liked the most about the show, it's how the show doesn't have villains. The show has like rivalries and th- the kind of things that you see in the music industry. Um, I mean, but- I mean, I mean, a villain would have fit. Uh, a villain here would fit like a sore thumb. Yeah, it, it would have fit. Basic. Yeah, it's, it, it's like ha- it's like uh, having Boba Fett in a Pokemon movie. I mean, you could make him into a Pokemon, but that's a different story. Um, and you can call him Boba. So, <laughs> Robo, Boba, Boba, and the magical nose hair. Oh my! Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to hear your your honest thoughts about this because I think this to me, it's it's one of the aspects of the show that I was not expecting, that to me made it super interesting, and a, and a super, and it made my philosophical, idea uh, ponderings fire like all my philosophical crazy theorist things just blow up in my mind. Is this whole thing that this society? is entirely assisted by artificial intelligence in almost all ways of life. And they're even assisted when it comes to making music to the point that music is designed or developed via algorithms and mathematics and the effects that it has on people's psyches. It no longer is is based on human inspiration. Or most of it is, which is which is what makes the characters of Carol and Tuesday so particular and so unique, because they are they are one of the few artists, if not the only artists, that do not use artificial intelligence to write their songs, to write their music. That that comes from their talent, their hard work, and inspiration, and it it. I, I, I find it very interesting because it's kind of like a meta commentary on like the use of autotune and the and the way um, music producers or, or, or like some people use music and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of people use music that's not created by others, but it's like generic and stuff like that or reuse beats as opposed to making 100% original music. Um but also it's kind of trying to say that music does not birth out of talent or innovation or creativity. It should be considered empty music or unemotional music. Or do we need that? Or do we need music to cause an emotion or a psychological response? You know what I mean? Like it kind of goes into that conversation and, um, what do you think? Do you think that this show? I you think this show discusses the different points of this conversation very well? Yeah, I I agree on. What's this? Um, let me put it like this: If we compare it to the smile down on the runway mm-hmm. uh, and uh, smile down. And uh, what's 
my on the runway and uh, Megala box. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said there, I am. Uh, I see uh, the threads. I see it all, and somewhat uh, see it here. I liked it more. Uh, I liked it more uh, better here. Maybe it's because uh, he has a certain uh, director style that I that I uh, enjoy. I don't know, but when it comes to the whole, le, when it comes to the whole, le, no, I can't speak on what I want. On, what do you want to try to talk about and all that, Jesse? I think you're pretty much on point. Yeah, it, it, one of the coolest things is like you have this character, Tao, right? That runs this, he's a neuroscientist, which out of all people, you know what I mean? He, he studies the brain. He studies what makes the brain tick, what makes it react, what makes it... Um, produce all these endorphins and, and, and dopamine and all that stuff. Um, and he literally lives off creating music and making people famous by using the algorithms that he has created and the artificial intelligence he's created to, to create music that will move the masses and advance its interests. But the cool thing is that it's all at the cerebral or reactory body level like like one of the things that they talk about is which is super interesting and super creepy and i thought the show for a minute was going to take like a huge like sci-fi turn when they talk like when they talk about how he's like specializing in mind control <laughs> like i'm expecting like oh my god it's gonna go like super dark you know what i mean um and yeah, then he he's, gonna be, he's gonna be a evil pro professor xavier Right, and then he writes the song for Angela, and Angela sings a song to this super rich dude, and the rich dude gives them what he what she they will want, and it's like okay, so that song made him make the decision. It's like it suggested him to make that decision because of the notes, because of the words, or because of the emotion and feeling that it produced, which is super interesting. But it also talks about how media and merchandising influence society, which is what, and of course, music plays a big role in that. So I like how it kind of comments on that too. And I like how this show also comments on all the different facets of music in society, not just the idea of these girls making music, but also how it affects people emotionally, how it's used either in business or the wrong way or stuff like that. Um, and, and how it is to interpret music or finding someone that can, that can make music for you. Um, but I like also towards the end, how this character that was making music to control other people or for his nefarious means or whatever, he kind of finds that the only way that he can stand against the two girls, like because um, the, the first season kind of comes to a climax or, or towards it or comes to a head because Carol and Tuesday enter this American Idol-like competition so that they can get known and probably get signed to be able to make their music and make become popular, become artists, or become popular musicians. And 
they go against this model that wants to become Angela, this model that wants to become a singer, and she's backed by this neuroscientist composer dude. And he finds that their songs, Carolyn Tuesday's music is so powerful. And it triggers the heartstrings so much because it's so real and raw and, and emotional that he feels, he starts to see that he cannot depend on his algorithms anymore. He can depend only on his math to the point that you don't see it, it all happens off screen, which I would have liked to see this exploration. But one of the at that moment where he changes Angela's song at the last moment, his words are very simple. I feel in my gut that you should change the song to this one. And it's like you see him questioning his um, his principles. You know what I mean? Like his ideas of, of how music works or how music can work. And... Um, I like how the show is very sincere with those kind of things. And it doesn't just and it doesn't just like make people good or bad. Um, it also deals it from a point of view of ignorance. Do you know what I mean? Like like it, it doesn't treat people as good or bad. It treats people like people that just didn't know this side of the story or this side of music. You know what I mean? Like like, you know the whole thing with the sister, with the, with the brother, with Tuesday's brother? Yeah. That he goes to try and get her to, because Tuesday is a runaway. She runs away to chase her dream for music. And he goes to the city of Aiza City, I think was the name of it, I think it was. Or Anka, I don't remember the name. And he thinks, oh, she's causing trouble. And I need to bring her back home. She doesn't know what she's doing. But as soon as he sees her sing, he recognizes that she is happy and she's chasing her dream and how big this is for her. So he lets her go. And the same thing goes with Tao. When he sees Carolyn Tuesday, he starts to open his eyes. And um, I, I, I like how the show explores the effect that these true artists, these true musicians, these creative people have on um, on the world, you know? Um, and that's not to say that people that make music electronic don't know what they're doing, because I like how the show makes the difference. Like, you have DJs like Ertigan, where he does create AIs, but he creates the AIs himself, and he develops the music himself. The AIs don't create the music for him, he uses them to make the music as opposed to what Tao does that allows the AI to make the music for him. Um, as you know, music with a soul, music without a soul, and it's a big conversation. Um, I'm done. I'm done with my philosophical rant, Isaac, I promise. <laughs> but it explores all these things about music that, that, I, so, that I wasn't expecting the show to explore. So if so, if you would continue with your thoughts, if you would continue as unphilosophical, and then to make your thoughts later after the philosophical thoughts, philosophical again, is that what you're saying? 
I love how you said philosophical in like five different ways and it all sounded the same and it didn't make any sense. I love it. I love it. I love it all. <laughs> now, I wanted to ask you a question because there's one scene yeah, in the show. What? Yeah, go for it. I have, I'm going to ask you a question because when I saw this scene, all I could do was think of you and all I could see in my head is your avatar laughing his ass off in my head. Okay. Whenever the mermaid Are you brothers, talking about the music? When, yeah, whenever the mermaid sisters sang their their beautiful barbershop choir. And <laughs> you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. At first, I was thinking that you were talking about the music video, especially with a certain reference, but yeah. No, no. I'm talking about that. And I love how I'm not going to spoil the moment, but I'm going to tell you guys, when you see mermaids, that's Isaac's favorite moment. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, the show is great. Yeah. I mean, you can say that you can say that that moment tipped the scale for me. Wow, I'm not surprised. <laughs> knowing your knowing your humor, I, I I'm not surprised. Now, Isaac, do you have anything particular to say about the show? Anything that you like? I mean, I've been I've been talking for hours, um, and I know I've been gushing yeah, sure. because I, I I always have a lot to say. I know, but do you have anything in particular that you want to share that you liked about the show? Well, you have taken the words out of my mouth. So, and, why do you uh, let me? Because uh, you can't be stopped sometimes. That is true. I'm sorry. <laughs> nah. nah. You, uh, we can all sing along uh, for the next round. I don't want to know what we're singing along to. This is going to sound really weird. Um, and of, I don't... Alien, of course. <laughs> but yeah, um, the show is great, Isaac. Um, did, did this show surprise you? Were you expecting it to be this good? Do you find it to be just okay? Um, I think to me, this show surprised me a lot. It was a lot more like it surprised me because even though I knew there was this heavy duty talent behind it, or at least these big names attached to it. I wasn't expecting to like it this much. I, I, I was kind of expecting the show to be a bit more superficial. I wasn't expecting to have it to have these dialogues, these conversations, this exploration. So to me, it was a very nice surprise of how cool the show is. And I would uh, argue that uh, you wanting to be an aspiring musician is probably one of the reasons that you really love that show too. There's a little bit about that, you know. I, I, I am a song. I am a songwriter. Um, I am working on my own music and doing. Like, I've been doing a lot of that lately, so there is that emotional connection. But yeah, I mean, exactly. this, yeah, this show took me by surprise. So that is that is a factor too. Um, but even if I if I if I wasn't that trying to fulfill that role right now, um, there's just a lot of a lot of cool stuff here. And I think if you love music. If you love, if you love charming characters, um, you should watch Carol on Tuesday. The show is great. It's not that long. It's only 24 episodes. 
It's divided in 12 episodes per part. All episodes are available on Netflix, so you can binge it. Um, you can watch the first four episodes in five hours. The first 12 episodes, the first part in like five, uh, uh, five hours. And the first part is a complete story um, with beginning, middle, and end. Um, but you should really check it out. It's one of the best anime I think that Netflix has right now that's original. Um, we have a lot more things that we're going to be covering down the line. And I'm really happy that we started. We went back to the to the Netflix corner and we talked about Carol and Tuesday. So I'm really excited yeah. about that. But if, uh, as, uh, honestly, like I said, the subject matter was indifferent for me. So it wasn't like I was awe-inspired by it all because it's uh, it's uh, pretty simple. Simple. Uh, it's pretty clear from the first episode on what the, what the demographic is for. I will, however, say that they executed at least in the first season. I can't speak how it was in the second. Mm-hmm. The general themes and ideas really well. Yeah, they really did. So it's sort of like, it's sort of like. So exactly like uh, Megalobox and uh, uh, Megalobox and uh, Smile on the Runway, although, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, although uh, I would rewatch, uh, if I had to rewatch any of these uh, three, I would uh, rewatch uh, Carol and Tuesday, to, uh, so to speak. Nice, nice. Um, very, very, very nice. Um, Carol and Tuesday is available for everybody on Netflix. It's available worldwide. Um, and here at the Amateur Taku, we believe that you should go check it out. It's an awesome show. And once you go watch it, come let us know what you thought. And let's keep talking about it because that's what we do at the Amateur Taku. Talk about the anime that we watch, that we love. Um, and, um, with people that enjoy it and love it as well. And uh, let's sing the song. Anime is awesome. I I don't know the words. Oh, is it anime is awesome? I Isaac, why are you doing this to me? Now I get all I got all excited. I don't know the I don't know the words. You know that I don't like sing-alongs. But actually, I've never told you that. Isaac, I don't like sing. <laughs> I'm horrible. Okay. I can't do jokes. I can't do jokes. Isaac, why do you put me in these positions? Um, because I want to. I that's that's weird enough. So, <laughs> so thank you guys for joining us on those on our awesome conversation of, on Carol on Tuesday, and um, couple of event, couple of announcements. Um, I recently got a copy of Mamoru Osuda's Wolf Children, which is um, another classic anime film. Um, we recently covered Mamoru Osuda's. Um, the Girl Who Left Through Time, which is his his anime film loose, inspired by the novel of the same name um, that's very popular um, in Japan. And um, we really like what he does. And there's a lot of, he has a nice library of films. He has um, The Boy and His Beast, Summer Wars, um, Mirai was the last one he put out. 
So he has a couple of movies, and hopefully, as we've covered Studio Ghibli movies in the past, hopefully we'll keep covering more of Mamoru Osuda's movies. So um, Isaac is on his quest of acquiring a copy of Wolf Children, and once he has the copy in his hands, we're going to cover it on the show. So we're really excited to say that we're going to be covering a lot more anime films from Osuda's library um, very, very soon, Wolf Children being the next one. But... For the next episode of The Amateur Otaku, we want to let you know we're going to be covering the one and only Guilty Crown. Isaac's been a telling crown, me... A crown jewel when it comes to anime. And uh, Brandon is guilty for not to watch it. We're trying too hard, Isaac. We're going to crash the um, but yes, we're going to cover Guilty Crown. Um, I've never seen it. Isaac's been telling me for the longest time that he wants to cover it. Um, is it is an anime that he can do? Before we even started this show. Yeah, I think you mentioned it. So so we're going to be covering Guilty Crown. Um, we, have a, we have a friend of Isaac that recommended another anime. What was that anime, Isaac? Green Girls. So he recommended so you recommend the real girl, which is another popular um, anime. I think that one's more of a um, like a like a slice of life kind of anime, right? Yeah. So so Isaac is finding a way. Isaac is finding a way to watch Real Girl, and we're going to cover that one too. As you guys know, from time to time, once we have a nice calendar set up of the different of the different anime shows that we're going to be covering, I, I will put up another state of the pod. Um, video where I'll tell you guys all the different animes that we're going to be covering um, and I'll do a nice presentation like I normally do because, you know, I'm fancy like that. Um, but yeah, next episode, it's going to be probably sometime in the next two weeks um, and we're going to cover Guilty Crown. And if if Isaac is able to acquire his copy of Wolf Children, we were going to, we're going to definitely do the Wolf Children bonus episode and cover that on the live stream on youtube and on the podcast channel um thank you guys for your support throughout also, one last thing before we go if you uh, if you guys wonder uh, when it comes to attack on titans don't you worry we do that uh, and we do that in uh, some times uh, early next uh, year probably january well actually yeah, we're actually trying to debate whether the best thing to do is cover a review of season four as a unit or cover episode by episode. Um, we're gonna if we can make we're gonna try and actually work our logistics. If we're able to do it episode for episode, we're definitely gonna do it. I know it just happened; it just started. Um, episode two of season four, the final season, um, comes out um, in um, this Sunday. So we have time to get caught up. So if you guys want us to cover Attack on Titan episode per episode, let us know and, we'll, and we will make it happen. If not, what we'll probably do is similar to what we did with um, My Hero and other shows is that we'll cover part one because a lot of times these big seasons, they'll divide them in two-parters. And we'll probably cover part one of season four as a whole and do a long-form discussion of it. And we'll do a part two of it. 
Um, the cool thing is that Isaac and I are actually reading the manga. So we are super ahead. And everything that's happening right now, oh, guys, you are not ready for what is coming on Attack of Titan. So there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of cool stuff coming. Guilty Crown is going to be our next episode. Um, we will do another State of the Pod very soon, letting you know what are the other shows that we're going to be covering. Please, thank you guys for your support. Um, Isaac, we're getting a lot more follows on Twitter, um, on YouTube. We're going to keep growing that. Um, but thank you guys for those that have been listening to the podcast around the world. Um, the audience keeps growing. People are listening all over. Um, I remember, we the Amateur Talk podcast is available on YouTube. It's available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, Radio Public, Stitcher, um, on anywhere where podcasts are available, you will find the Amateur Otaku. If you listen to an Apple podcast, please leave us a five-star review. If you love, if you like what we're doing, subscribe and share with your friends because the idea is to share the anime love with others so that others can find out how awesome anime is. So from here to you, thank you for joining us at the Amateur Otaku Podcast. We look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Have a good night. Peace. Hey, up.